England are already 2-0 up in the three-match series under the new leadership of Captain Ben Stokes and coach Brendan McCullum. You're listening to the news on RTHK. The Women's Commission's Capacity Building Mileage Program provides a wide range of courses for women to pursue lifelong learning and self-development. The courses empower women to face life's challenges with a positive mindset. Enrollment for the new semester has commenced. Copies of the prospectus are available at the district offices. For program details, please call 2915-2380. All being well. All being well. From mental health to physical fitness. From trendy sustainable tips to the latest COVID news. We've got you covered. Every week we'll be joined by experts from all walks of life to talk about all things wellness. Because, well, you, you deserve, deserve to be well. Join me, Ben Cullen. And me, Alison Howe. Every Saturday at 3 p.m. Live on RTHK TV 31. And live on RTHK Radio 3. All, all being well. This is James Ross, and this week on The Greatest Hits of Music, we'll hear the surfing bird from the Trashman, plus the Hollies, Elvis, the Black Eyed Peas, we'll have Hot House Flowers, Sarah Brightman and Hot Gossip, yes, Hot Chocolate, Agneta Fultzgog, the Beach Boys, Paula Abdul, and we'll have our Mystery TV theme tune. Oh, familiar. But what is the TV theme? So what is it? We'll confirm or deny it. This Saturday evening from 10 past 6, right here on Radio 3. The greatest hits of music. morning and it's a little past 8:30 a.m. which means it is time for the week on three i'm christy Lai. it is blazing hot outside hope you're staying hydrated and are well protected from uv raises let's begin our show today with something super exciting on friday's common room allison house spoke to kupu rife lead actor writer and director of the new apple tv plus film cha-cha real smooth the film is a coming-of-age story that stars Cooper and Dakota Johnson, and it explores an early 20s, somewhat disappointing career choice as a bar mitzvah party starter, a young mother with an autistic daughter, and somehow they became soulmates. When asked about what inspired the creation of the film, here was what he said. I was inspired by uh, way before, like five years ago, I started writing this character named Domino. And it was uh, honestly, it was honestly inspired by my uh, family, my mom and my sister. My sister is disabled and my mom and her have a very uh, specific relationship that where her life is really defined by my sister's stages. And I wanted to explore that. And, um, and then when I was coming up with an idea for an actual movie, I put a bunch of characters in it and came up with a bar mitzvah circuit idea and it 
snowballed. But that was the original idea was this mother of a disabled kid. Right. And then from your character to how we relate to the whole storyline, I mean, we grow up from traditional parents with high expectations. So that kind of hits us really hard with finding out, you know, what a good job or a bad job is. So yes. thanks for writing that story. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about what it was like to work with Dakota. She's awesome. Um, I first met her when I hadn't even written the script yet. So she really uh, was my script buddy and helped develop the the character of Domino. And um, she's she's great. She she really wants to. She is not just an actress. She really um, is a writer, and she's a director in her own right, and a great producer. So it was really lovely. It was a roller coaster too. We were. We were, had a we had like a brotherly sisterly relationship off camera, and then we had to get on camera and be like total soulmates. So it was, um, and then we had to like co-parent a set, and we were arguing about blocking sometimes. So it was a lot, but it was I I'm, I'm so glad uh, I did it with her. That's amazing. That sounds like a great collab. You do need that kind、yes. of back and forth to have a, a good outcome, really. Definitely, yes. Awesome. Now, what has it been like? For you to hear back from the reviews so far, I try not to read reviews, but、um, uh, yeah, I try not to read, to read them. But I, but I do know that people have been、um, liking it more than they don't like it, and that always that feels great. Fantastic. Could you explain <laughs> the movie title for us? Yeah, I wanted to think of something that uh, was uh, a, a movie of, that is largely about the bar mitzvah circuit, but I wanted it to be big enough or iconic enough to also be a movie about、um, a twenty-two-year-old coming of age and having a May-December relationship. Like I, so I wanted it to feel big enough, and also I told myself at the time that Cha Cha Real Smooth. Is the part of that song "Cha Cha Slide," which is like the big bar mitzvah song, big really party song, like tells you what to do and tells you to jump up and take two steps, and and then "Cha Cha Real Smooth" is the part of the song where you just do your own dance, and that was very、um, in line with the theme of Andrew needing to figure out his his own dance. Amazing! If you were to choose a completely different song to be the party starter, what would you choose? Um, there's a lot.、Uh, <laughs> For some reason, the song that I always、uh, play to get people on the dance floor is "24K Magic" by Bruno Mars. But、hey. it's not a—it's that's my that's my dance song, and I think everyone really loves to dance to that song. Bruno Mars, amazing. He's got the juice. Totally.、Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Now I do have to say, for a young writer, also being the lead actor of the movie, were there times when you feel like there are too many hats that I'm wearing on set? Um, sure, definitely. I, it's very exhausting, but I, I don't think of it as different hats. I think of it as like one hat that's a, a bit he- heavy or maybe too tight or something. But I, I it didn't wasn't like I was taking off hats and trying to play different parts. It just felt like. Like、as a director, I want to be very emotionally available. So, like the next movie I do, I'm definitely not going to act in it. But I do want to be crying behind the monitor, and I want the actors to feel like I'm on the floor with them. And I think、um, I want to be close to them. And so it's nice to act in scenes because that's the closest I can get to the actors. So it didn't really feel, and I had so much support and so many ghost directors. So、um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Wasn't too challenging. Brilliant, Cooper. Thank you for hanging out with us. I got one last question for you. Could you、yes. give Hong Kong one reason to watch Cha Cha Real Smooth? 
Dakota Johnson. <laughs> that's the, that's the reason. Um, go see Dakota Johnson and touch her smooth. <laughs> that was Cooper Rife, lead actor, writer, and director of the film Touch Her Real Smooth, speaking to Alison Howe on the Common Room. This week we celebrate Refugee Week, where we celebrate the resilience for those who have been away from home, seeking protection for a better life. Hong Kong is home to 13 to 14,000 asylum seekers and refugees. And the theme of this year is healing. Hong Kong is one of two cities in Asia celebrating this week, and there are all sorts of fun activities commemorating it, including a photography competition, online yoga classes, and even a cook-along. Telling us more about the exciting events is Tegan Smythe, director of Grassroots Future, a charity that aims to educate, bridge, and improve the well-being for those seeking a new life in Hong Kong. Sure. So the first thing I'll say, because we're talking about mental health, um, the theme actually for this year is healing. healing yes. So I think uh, there's lots of really interesting events happening. So the first thing that happened today uh, for World Refugee Day, Run HK, which is a charity, they had a photography competition and they've just announced the awards. So you can go on their Instagram and check it out. Um, on the 21st, which is tomorrow, one of our partners, Wise HK, is organizing a free online yoga class. Mm -hmm. which is open to everyone to join. Uh, on the 22nd, and this might interest you, we're doing a virtual uh, cook-along. So mm -hmm. Grassroots Future is getting someone from the uh, refugee community to uh, showcase one of her, uh, well, actually two of her recipes, and we're going to broadcast the event on Zoom. Oh, okay. And so we've got like booklets that people can sort of follow along with the recipe. Um, and then on the 24th, there is an exhibition being held by Branches of Hope, which is another charity. And lastly, our final event will be a four-way organized event with UNHCR HK Justice Center Grassroots Future and Blessed Vision Foundation. So this will be at Cowan Union Church on 25th of June, which is a Saturday. You can see all details of the event on the Refugee Week HK Instagram. That's fantastic. I know there's a lot. If you go to my Facebook page, I think I put the link there, actually. So if you click on that, you can actually unfold all of all the details that Tegan has just gone through. Tegan, it's, it must be very hard. I mean, you, I know that Grassroots, you you know, Future, you've just recently set up. It hasn't actually. How long has it been now? It's been uh, just under two years. Mm -hmm. So we finally got the, um, the charity registration in the middle of the pandemic in September mm -hmm. 2020. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So what has been... Um, you know, what has been the greatest challenge for you to set this up? I mean, honestly, I mean, the COVID, COVID <laughs> obviously is probably on the top of everyone's yeah, list. Yeah. That, you know, to do that, to do anything during COVID has been a struggle. Um, I think it's the recognition that really, like, there's just been no good days for us um, because you know we sort of launched in September 2020, and it's just been. COVID the whole time. We've only known COVID and we've only operated during COVID. Um, I mean, I, I started doing this community organizing in late 2016. Um, and that was how I, I guess, pivoted into uh, setting up Grassroots Future. But I think the challenge has been that, you know, especially the last wave of COVID that we had in the city, there's just been so many people that have been left in the lurch. Um, and it means that it's hard to think about long-term growth, you know, as an organization when, you know, people are struggling to put food on the table and, you know, not just my charity, but many refugee charities 
all that we've really been doing is surviving this mm-hmm. year, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just been so many needs. Um, so I think in a way, like Refugee Week has been a nice thing to organise because I think maybe it's the first time this year that we've, you know, been talking to the news, to the press about something other than the fact that people are getting inadequate supplies of food, which mm-hmm. is the pressing problem mm-hmm. facing all of us. And are we all, are we also able now to have much more sort of face-to-face stuff? Have you been doing more things with people compared to sort of doing stuff online? So obviously we have to comply with local social distancing restrictions. So mm-hmm. the nature of Refugee Week this year is a hybrid festival. So we do have some events online and some events uh, in person, but we're, you know, obviously trying to comply with local restrictions and make sure that everything we do is above board. Mm -hmm. If you could, um, you know, it's one of those questions I always sort of ask that if you could have one wish um, to do something, to change something, what would your one wish be to make things easier for you? Oh, that's a really great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think... You know, it would be pretty simple to say to wish that COVID didn't happen. But I think, you know, honestly, in some ways, it's forced all of us to work closer together. Mm. So I I think that in some ways, you know, having these challenges has sort of meant that our different organisations, and I'm speaking specifically about the Refugee Concern Network, we've had to work closer together. And I think that's been, you know, powerful. Mm -hmm. I think we always do better work together. Um, I think the one thing I'd probably change is that, you know, I hope that people are more receptive to, I guess, like helping other people. Um, I I know that temporarily earlier this year, um, there was a tension because of the the war in Ukraine and, you know, everyone was talking about refugees. I just hope that we don't just talk about refugees during Refugee Week. I hope we don't just talk about refugees when a humanitarian disaster happens. I hope it just becomes part of our natural dialogue. Mm. What can, say, just, you know, everyday people, you know, who are just listening at the moment, if they just wanted to help in some way, what is the best way that they can actually help? I think, honestly, reaching out to different charities and organisations would be the most helpful thing. So one of our partners, Refugee Union, a refugee-led society, they're always looking for different donations. So, you know, if you're leaving Hong Kong or you know someone who is, they definitely would love to get some support with, you know, any household goods, donations. If you want to donate your time, uh, Grassroots Future is always looking for volunteers, but also many different refugee charities are as well. So I think just reach out and that probably would help really more than anything else. And that was Tegan Smythe. If you would like to get involved in today's event at the Kowloon Union Church, make sure to check out Grassroots Future's Instagram page at Grassroots Future. The pandemic has surely halted a lot of activities, especially live music shows, concerts, music festivals and more. It is quite difficult for DJs to continue their line of work, especially without an audience. But to keep the momentum going, many have decided to search for new ideas and even equipment to spice up their gear. Sharing with us a new solar-powered DJ panel is Roger De Leon, who has been testing out this brand new sustainable kit that has the ability to play all sorts of stuff, and even vinyl. He had a test run the other day at the Central Harbour front, and it was a massive success. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, myself with my uh, business partner, Florian, uh, we've been doing a lot of research of things that are out in the market and in other in other uh, networks and other markets. Mm. And uh, we, we came across this solar powered uh, DJ booth. And it's actually it's, it's, it's pretty much its own stage, which is phenomenal. Uh, so it, it works really well as a second stage to any music festival, um, but also for like events and things like that. So it can be at conferences and expos and awesome. art galleries. So you're going to be trying this out in anger quite soon. And you'd like to invite our listeners to come and check it out. I mean, it won't sound any different. It may even sound better, right? But tell us, <laughs> tell us, tell us where the gig is, where you're going to put this thing through its paces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're doing a demo uh, down on the waterfront at the Hong Kong Observation Wheel, uh, AIA Vitality Park, uh, and it's open for anybody to just come down and check it out. You know, just the fact that it's it's completely solar powered, uh, it's a very cool looking thing. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the the uh, the nuts and bolts of this thing. I mean, we all think wonderful solar power, put some stuff on the roof. I for one don't know how it collects energy and what it does and disperses, but when you're when you're performing, you need everything to be super smooth, don't you? So how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh it retains uh an 8-hour charge and it's completely compact so everything is built into the into the system it has its own sub uh, and its own highs as well um, and it, we plug directly into the power source and you don't need any cables or anything it takes about 15 minutes to set up um what are we looking at here i mean obviously i can't put any pictures up with you on today but what are we what are we actually going to be looking at yeah it's it's a standalone booth uh it's an amazingly minimal design uh it, you can see the sub at the bottom mm-hmm. and then you literally just raise up the solar power and you have the decks built right in uh and it can it can uh it goes for about 30 meters in front, about 900 meters square right. in terms of space uh, for about 500 people. So it is a pretty decent piece of kit. So how have your tests gone, your private tests? I mean, this is this could catch on. So how have they gone? And private tests have been phenomenal. So we've had it about uh, for about a month and a half uh, here in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, and we've, we've put it out a couple of times and it's been happy faces all, all across the board. Right. So you choose what gear you want to put. Obviously, you, you have your own specific equipment you need, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and right now we have, uh, you know, we have a CDJ set up. Uh, we also have a vinyl set up as well. Yep. Uh, so it honestly, it's, it's super modular, uh, and we can put whatever system we want in there. Um, yeah. and you can just go ahead and start. All right. Once again, the date and time for this, cause I want to ask you some more stuff, but I want to get people to come and check you guys out. Yeah, we'll be doing the demo on Wednesday uh, this week, yep. uh, the 22nd, mm-hmm. from 3 to 5 down at the Observation. And what kind of music are you going to be playing? What's your thing? I mean, my thing is a lot of, uh, a lot, like, very funky uh, UK house, a little bit of hip-hop, funk and soul. Uh, down there, we'll probably be doing a little bit of everything just so people can get a, get a good taste. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So where are you on vinyl? I know a lot of my friends are massively into it now. We keep saying it's back, but it seems like it's never been anywhere. No, it hasn't. And actually, I think it has its its largest uh, resurgence in sales uh, in over the last kind of five to ten years. Yeah. Um, for me, for for me, you know, I have my history in vinyl. That's how I learned to play. Yeah. I play uh, probably once a month out. Uh, well, when we were playing, you I'll will. do a vinyl. I'll do <laughs> I'll do a vinyl set. Uh, so it's been great to be playing down at Doctor Ferns 
uh, doing a vinyl set down there. Um, are you going to go back soon? You want to tell us how to win and all that stuff, or are you just waiting I, to I, see? I was, I, was there, I was there just this month, um, but now with the restrictions, you know, things are kind of switching up a little bit. Um, so I'm not sure when the next one will be. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can always find a good vinyl show uh, at any of these venues. And, you, and you, don't, you don't want to spook it. So when people say to you the obvious question, do you have a stock answer? What's the difference between digital and records? Do you have a stock answer? I, you know what my my stock answer that it's all depends on the on the dj okay. uh you know it's it, it's really dependent it's really dependent on the musicians you know um yes vinyl can sound uh fuller you know and it, it is it is a nicer sound but that has so many variables you know it depends on the sound system that you're playing on it depends on the mixer that you're playing on so really it's about it is about the dj it's about the selector what music he's playing for you and less about uh the device that he's playing that's on. great because by going down that avenue of saying it's not ones and zeros, it sounds cleaner, you're kind of putting thoughts into people's heads. You're like neuro-linguistically programming them to say, oh, yeah, vinyl does sound better. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's like I said, so many variables, not only the devices that you're playing on, but also yeah. the environment. You know, are, are you in a bar? Are you at a festival? Are you, you know, uh, so as much as vinyl is a superior sound quality, so many things can go wrong within that delivery. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, so when you are deciding which gear to use, when do you go for records? When do you go for CDs? Or is there just no cut and dried? To be honest, I go for records when I want to play specific tunes to a specific crowd. Yeah. Uh, so I know I have a selection uh, of, of various records, and when I want to play those, I'll bring them out. Um, if not, you know, I'm very happy to play on, on CDJs with USBs, and even if we're doing a, a gorilla party somewhere or <laughs> even on a junk, I'll, I'll break out my computer and, and we'll play on a controller. So it really doesn't matter. It And that was Roger DeLeon speaking to Phil Whelan on The Morning Brew. And finally, to end today's week on three, I'll leave you with Steve James, who will take us back in time to 1992 with some Mariah Carey. Take care and I'll catch you next week. Same time here on The Week on Three. I'm Christy Lai. Radio 3. This is the most surreal moment for me ever. Steve James. We're all sick of your upbeat attitude. Oh, the factories may be roaring, roaring. The boomalaka zoomalaka boomalaka zoomalaka. There isn't any roar when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Oh, a lawyer in the courtroom. In the middle of an alimony plea, has to stop and help him fall when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Monday afternoon tea break on Radio 3. We're going back to 1992. This day, 1992, Mariah Carey scored her sixth US number one single with I'll Be There. It was a number two hit in the UK, originally a hit for the Jacksons back in the 70s. It's Mariah Unplugged.
Tu irene me ca 